1: Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Seals It's so funky. Oh, people! It's It's been an interesting two weeks, and we're going to talk about side effects. A family. You know, family is a word that I think has a lot of space to move within. And in this episode, I want to apply some of my own thoughts to that word. I think, you know, there's a very generic concept of what the word family means. We're going to get into that a little in a second. But overall, I want to just explore expanding upon that and dissecting it a little more and also like paying more attention to how we relate to that word and not being like as casual with it same Same like like I talk about about with the word word friend. friend you know I think some of us are a bit too casual with the word friend especially when we ask people to just be friends after we've done more than be friends and especially when we ask people to just be friends after we've demonstrated that we're not really like a good friend but that's for another episode this episode is about familia let's drop a gemery Jam dropping. Jim dropping. dropping. We dropping on these hoes. <sighs> Today's jam drop is family, family versus, versus relatives. relatives. Now, I know you're like Amanda again with the synonyms. Again with the synonyms. Now, yeah, they're, they're definitely synonyms that we have been using for quite some time. But I told you I wanted to explore just the concept of like if we dove deeper into them because I have relatives that I don't consider to be family. I consider family to mean people who care for you, people who love you, people who protect you, people who are a part of your upliftment, people who have exchange. It's not just one-sided. It's community. Community. It is Unity. unity. And I'm not saying this in like an ideal sense because family also have issues. Families also have troubles. Families also have struggles. But the idea is that family work together to conceptually move past these things and get through. They offer shoulders to lean on. Sometimes that's literal. Sometimes that's with money. Sometimes that's with just being a lending of an ear, which is why we say you can have a chosen family, right? That's why we say we can have people who do these things for you in your life that aren't necessarily your blood, which is how we get to relatives. To me, relatives are simply people who are related to you by nature of the way our society is set up with blood and names. It's literally just a namesake. I mean, I can go on Ancestry.com and be told that I have relatives, but that doesn't mean they're my family. That just means that they are related to me by a bloodline. And to be honest, do we even know what bloodline really, really means at this point? I mean, all this shit is so fucking made up and, you know, just a bullshit-ass story that we've been told and that we believe that who even really, really knows if there's any real validity to the fact that, like, you have my blood and I have your blood and we have our blood. Like, what does that even mean? Mean at this point, because I can tell you what there's people that I'm related to. I'm like we may share the same blood, but we don't share the same ethics. We don't share the same values. We don't share the same love—not just for each other, but for the world and for you know bringing love into the world, etc. So I think it's important to acknowledge the difference between the two because what happens is sometimes you have people who are your relatives, but they want you to treat them like your family, even though they have not acted like your family and sometimes you'll have people who will expect you to do that. They'll expect you, like, I know I'm somebody who grew up, and, like, my father was in my life, but he wasn't a good part of my life. But then you'll have people that are like, yeah, but that's your father, that's your father, but that's your father. You know, and we need to do an episode of Side Effects of a Debbie Dad, because there's a whole lot of shit that comes out of that, too. But just because he was my father doesn't mean I owe him the respect of being my family. Because he didn't show up for me the way family shows up. And that, to me, is an important distinction. And folks will try to like hold these like labels over your head that are supposed to hold some weight, but all they hold is a definition. And that's why I felt like it was important for us on this episode to just acknowledge, like, well, what do these things really, really mean? And what is the onus on you that comes out of these definitions? Because I'm going to tell you now, just because you got the last name Seals does not mean we family. What do they say? All, All kinfolk, skin skinfolk. The same way that just because you black doesn't mean that we rock. Because if you out here doing some fuck shit and spreading anti-black rhetoric, we ain't cool. If you're out here and you're spitting transphobic rhetoric. If you're out here spitting homophobic rhetoric. You're out here spitting misogynist rhetoric. You're out here spitting religious extremism rhetoric, etc. Just because we are culturally and ethnically aligned does not by any means mean that I am going to ride for you because you are, in my opinion, putting things into the zeitgeist that are disrupting of the goodness of the geist of zeit. And I mean that in the same way in my life. You know, I've had relatives who have been nothing but disruptive. But now that I'm popping, I'm family, right? Because that's like, oh, the seal's name. I've had relatives who have been nothing but distant. But now all of a sudden it's oh Amanda's my such and such. Don't call me your cousin. Don't call me your, your best little auntie's friend. Like don't call me oh you know that, that was that was, that my, was my little sweetheart. sweetheart Oh you know don't call me like you know none of that. And that that's just something I I feel like is is my bottom line. Again, Again. this is I you know I'm coming out with the book later this year. And I want to make sure that everyone knows, like, I'm not no expert on shit. I'm just talking from the, I am an expert on my shit. And so I'm just talking from my point of view and you can take it or leave it. But as far as I'm concerned, oftentimes we get caught up in feeling like we owe relatives who have not been family. This happens a lot of times, especially with uh, immigrant families, because the other part of it that happens is that, and this happens whether, you're, whether you consider folks family or relatives, you become imbued with the responsibility of your family that you don't get to have your own responsibility for self. And so we end up having a lot of times a cycle of poverty that happens because before you even get a chance to establish yourself, you are given the responsibility of having to establish your family. And really, the, the way that this works when it's the best way is when the family realizes like, okay, we have each other. So you don't have to be by yourself. We can work with each other to help lift this person up. When the family identifies like this is, this is like the next phase. This is our next generation. And if we want to get up from out, we got to do our best to lift them up from out, not do our best to give them the responsibility of pulling us up. And I know that there's probably people listening who are just like, no, like that's what family does. Family helps each other. But that's what I'm saying. Family does help each other, but sometimes it gets put to the people in the youngest part of the family to have to have all the responsibility to help the elder part of the family who has decided they want to give up. And I've seen it happen. We've all seen it happen. And I don't have my own family yet. Perhaps one day I will. I have a family of friends and you know, Hey, man, you You also can't act up. You You get get kicked kicked out out the family, family. Right? right? Like, that's the other part. There's this idea that says that because you're a relative, you can do whatever the fuck you want, and you still have access... To the community of the family, you still have access to the love. You still have access to the help. And I'm like, this is the reason why we have, like, the, the the creepy uncle that still gets invited to the barbecue, even though you know he done touched some of them kids. This is why we have the drunk auntie who disrupts everything but still gets invited because we love her. And it's like, yes, you can show love, though, without allowing these people to be continual toxic elements. And that's what we sometimes I feel like just get attached to because we're like, well, we're blood, we're blood, we're blood, we're blood, we're blood. blood." I will thank my mom for always letting me know, like just because they're relatives doesn't mean they need to be your family. If they're disrespectful to you, if they are toxic to you, if they are hurtful to you, they don't get to be in our space. And so I never felt the need to have to put up with people who were trying to put me down. And too often we get that with the whole oh, oh they're blood but it's a beautiful thing when you see families who work together and who are squad and who take pride in like I want to be there for you and I want you to be there for me that's a beautiful thing and I think a lot of us aspire in building our own families that way and being able to have that unity and if you can't get that through blood build your own they got build a bear build a fan. D M T, we're serving it now. I'm just telling you now. We are going to have a very short D M T because my homegirl, Sharufa Walker, the designer of my look that I'm wearing in the hit HBO comedy special I Be Knowing, which by the way had higher ratings than the last four comedy specials on HBO. Am um, am um, am um, am. Um, boom 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 boom. She will be joining us because she's more than just my stylist at times and more than just my designer friend, but she's also my sister friend. So she'll be joining us. We've got a lot to talk about, so we're going to keep these DMTs short. First question. I have biological and chosen family secondary to being gay. How does one navigate how much bio family should know about your chosen family and what you do for slash with them? Jealously flares at even the mention of my chosen fam. I mean, I guess that's really up on, that's up to you. I don't think there's any real definitive answer for that. But I do think that, you know, there's certain things that people are just going to have to fucking deal with. Right? I mean, especially if you have a chosen fam because of your biological fam's inability to accept you as you are in your wholeness. Right? So I think that there's a reality to that. Now navigating people and feelings is just difficult just regardless, right? So whether it's your family or you have two friends and one friend feels like they're being slighted more than the other friend, et cetera, that's always a struggle of balance that really ends up being rooted in just being upfront and being honest and also expecting other people to be adults. (laughs) There's no more that you can do at a certain point when people decide to just be brats about situations. And I think that you have to know what makes you happy. And are you doing things in spite? That's 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 a a problem. But are you doing certain activities because this group is just a better space to do this with than these other people? I mean, sometimes shit go down like that. Sometimes shit go down like that. There are absolutely people I know that I would never invite to certain shit <laughs> compared to other people because they are just not the people to go to certain shit. They've proven that, they've made it explicitly clear and I listened. So, I don't I apologize for not having like a very like clear-cut like PowerPoint presentation answer for you on this one, but I think it really just goes down to you deciding how much you want to take on and how much you want to lay down with each group and for the chosen family, they, you know, (laughs) is it coming out of, they feel left out because they want to spend more time with you because they feel like they're not getting all of you. Is it coming out of them feeling like, damn, you're like keeping us out, but we love you and want to be let in because we respect you. Or is it coming out of, well, we're the family. So we deserve you know, all, all of you just out, out of, of a, like hierarchical, hierarchical shit. Because that's, you know, that's why I don't like going to weddings. Because you go to weddings and there's all of a sudden this like family hierarchy that you're like randomly in by being just friends with the person and not the family. I mean, I literally went to a wedding and one of the family members said to my mom, how do you know so and so? my mom said, oh, she's like family to us. And they said, oh, you weren't at the family dinner. And it was like, oh, OK, so your family's a dick. Got it. So, you know. That's where I'm coming from. Are your family coming at you like that because they love you, because they they want to be a part of your life, or are they coming at you like that because they're just trying to be hierarchical? That'll give you a really good indicator on how to deal with it. Last question. Do family members ask you to do appearances or work for free? How do you respond to them without being rude? I am a digital artist, and family members and family friends always feel entitled to my work like it's some kind of hobby. But a bitch gotta eat. I established very, very, very early on that if you are my family, then you are actually more obligated to pay and to support than somebody who's a stranger. Because you are also going to be more likely to benefit from my success. So invest in that shit. And that's for my friends and family. And I think that's a boundary that you have to draw. And if you haven't drawn it yet, get Get to to drawing. drawing. You're already a graphic artist. It should be no problem. You got to do it because people get out of line. You know what I'm saying? People get out of pocket. People see money. People see talent. They feel like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, this is my access now, too. And the reality is, no, you're a professional. You're not just like making potpourri squares, you know, for a class project. This is something that you really, really care about. And I think it's important that we, as family members and as chosen family, really show our support to those in our circle and their work with our money with our presence, with our vocalization of what they do. And when we just downplay it and we downgrade it and we just kind of expect it to just be given to us because we're family, it's like, well, why? Why? What did you invest in this other than just showing up? Well, we blood. Okay, so when I spill my blood, sweat and tears on making this, is your blood being spilled as well? Cause I don't see shit on the ground. In the words of Aubrey Graham, were you with me shooting in the gym now now of course when there's an equitable exchange you know when people are like helping you to help yourself that's to me a part of you looking out that's a part of you giving back and showing appreciation but fuck no why should anybody expect you to do anything for free that hasn't that has not invested in you or that has not helped you emotionally mentally physically to get to the point where you can do the actual thing that they're asking for for free get Get out of here here. now the way i manage it i told you my people know i expect you to be first if i'm doing a crowdfund i expect you to be there first and the reality is, is that when your family shows up for you that is an indicator for other people to say well shit they showing up let me show up too your family is who are your biggest Yelp reviewers. Your family is who is the ones who is telling their friends, I actually worked with her. It was great. Here, you should work with her too. So, no. Nah. You can't, can't just give away shit. And if you're the family member asking for shit, stop doing that. That shit is hella demeaning. And it can be a spirit killer. It really is like imperative that the people closest to you support your work the most really and truly and when that is not happening it makes it so much harder to stay on your path and uh and that's part of being a part of a community right showing up in the best way you can maybe you may not have the money but you can be a sounding board you can be an emotional helper or like i said you can be a, a, someone who is referring So just keep that in mind next time you want to ask a family member to make some shit for you for free. That shit is not free for them because time is money, even for family. People I like. Yeah. So on this episode, Side Effects of Family, I know you all were thinking that my people I like would be a blood relative Right. That's that's what people would assume, mm-hmm. but no. As usual, I'm switching it up. I'm taking you in a different direction. What I got in the building today hmm. is somebody who, who is, is my, my chosen, chosen family. Mm-hmm. Which, right right, mm-hmm. right, 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 which is different, and but which is also something that I feel like is kind of a new normal, right? Mm-hmm. A new normal. Ladies and gentlemen, we have with us on On People People I Like, Miss Sharufa Walker, the creator and designer of Janaki, and also the individual who made my custom outfit on my special, I Be
0: Yes. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: (laughs) Hey, everybody. You know, Sharufa, I'm pretty sure you haven't listened to the podcast and so you are. She knows me so <laughs> well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been doing it a year. So, <laughs>
0: but could I just say that I was there when she was designing the
1: logo, and she said, "This is what I'm doing." <laughs> like I'm always <laughs> there in the, the beginning. beginning, always there. right, watching over, <laughs> exactly. sending blessings, vibes, exactly. energy. Like, okay. even though my mom claims she only met you <gasps> twice in life, but like boldly de- declared. <laughs> And then when Sharufa gave her an example of a third time, my mom said, okay, three times. (laughs) So, there's that. Uh, But, you know, and people I like, what I do in this segment is I tell you about why I like you. Um, You know, Sharuf's and I met when an individual introduced us that neither of us are no longer friends with. But, are you friends with her?
0: Um... Yeah, we still keep in contact.
1: Yeah, I do not. Um, and, okay, so one of us is no longer friends with because she <laughs> wilded out on my phone. And I was like, ah, you're, you're wild on my phone. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> you're you're wilding on my phone. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go. You're wilding on my phone. Uh, but she introduced us, and I will always thank her for that, because mm-hmm. she introduced us from what I feel was a good place, which was, she was like, well, Shrufa is a very talented designer, mm-hmm. and she felt like I could step up my fashion. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I think you all should meet. We met in a very weird meeting. <laughs> very weird. <laughs> very weird. It was very weird, but corporate.
0: Because... That's what made it weird.
1: <laughs> cuz in hindsight it was unnecessarily corporate. We were in a building, there was a conference table, there was a fourth person there whose name I don't even remember, but I feel like you all had worked together.
0: Yeah. No, well, no, it was only
1: There was four of us. Four of us. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but yes, there was a fourth exactly, person there yes. who I don't know. Right, I I, don't, right. I didn't know her, but that was your people. Yes. And You know, we basically were just like brought together by these two sisters who were like, yeah, Yeah. you all should work together. Mm -hmm. And then that was all she wrote. And so Sarufa started like styling me in her own pieces. But then you would always find pieces in my closet to pair that would always bump up, you know, the look that you were giving me of your own pieces. I'd be like, yo, where you find that? And she would find (laughs) stuff that I just had in my closet and I didn't even know I had it. Or I'd seen it and said, like, I'm going to never wear this. And I was always shocked at, like, your ability to locate things and then just, like, turn them into valuable items that I had never considered. And eventually, I said to Sharufa, I've said this story many times. I'm going to say it again. Eventually, I said to Sharufa, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you find stuff that I have and make it useful again? And she was like, well, because. You know, you're not looking at yourself like the canvas. You have always clearly been good with color, as we can see in your paintings, but you're not looking at yourself the way that you look at the canvas. If you would look at yourself that way, and you would apply the skill and, you know, freedom that you do with color on canvas to your own fashion sense, bust me wide open, y'all. Boom. Drop mic. Like like a virgin on prom (laughs) night. Bust me wide open. Rebecca was affected by that <laughs> um, analogy. Uh, I just, I had never thought of it that way, and it literally like completely changed my fashion sense overnight. Though, because mm-hmm. I it opened up my con- my concept of like what worked. Right, I used to be very very matchy matchy. Yes, like very very yes, extremely. <laughs> okay, I don't like your <laughs> <a> joke. <laughs> it was true. These are true. These are truths. These, These are, are truths. Truth. These are truths. These are truths. <laughs> and um and it really just let me like look at things differently in terms of even like mismatching prints. Yep. You know, like looking at plaids. Like back then you would never catch me wearing three different plaids at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like who wears plaids at the same like the same plaids? No, <laughs> we mix. <Right>. We match. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Throw a little tart in with a little small square. Switch
1: it up. So, you know, that is a big deal to me, you know? And I think that aside from that, Shroof and I became friends, like, through our working together, but also through being, like, creative. I think we're creative soulmates. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're always in tune and in line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They don't even know when we just started. Oh yeah, did you know you said it at the same time we the same I can't see
1: it. Yeah, we did it. We did it. So you know that but that is Shufa's also very liable. She disappeared on me one time for approximately six months. She came back and she apologized and we're friends ever since then. Correct. But the fact is, is that she came back and she understood why I felt away. You know, some people do funny style shit mm-hmm. that they know is like wild, and then when you feel away, they're like Phew. I mean, why are you feeling away? I'm back. And it's like, yo, I, you can't, like, I, you can't ghost on me. Like, that's, I mean, I have abandonment issues. I I have father issues. You can't ghost on me, you know? Like, there's other things I can handle that I can't handle. But I appreciate that within our friendship, and this is a part of, like, I feel like friendship becoming more and becoming family, is that you do have to understand, like, people go through things and, like... I think that the difference between like your chosen family and like family family is a lot of times family family take for granted that we're connected by blood. So I'ma do whatever. Right. And you're gonna forgive me just because we're connected by blood. Right. Your chosen family, I feel like, is a lot of times way more considerate of just the uniqueness in each other's idiosyncrasies and the individualness. And it's um a lot of times for especially for someone like me, I feel like those relationships are stronger Mm. than the ones I have with like my blood relatives Mm -hmm. because I feel like my blood relatives haven't necessarily like put in the same effort with me when I was younger Mm -hmm. so then I became an adult and I'm just like I mean like I know your name but I don't like know you right and now it feels kind of weird to like Act like you, you know, like, unless they actively say to me, like, listen, I know I wasn't really around when I was, when you were younger, but like, we're grown now. Let's Mm -hmm. try. You know, and I've actually said that to a couple of my adult, um, like, family members, and they did not really pick up. Mm -hmm. Like, they were just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's 2019. So I feel like, you know, as my... um, Sister from another mister. You know, we have absolutely... You know, become family and I appreciate you that we have forged a bond through our work, mm-hmm. but we've also been able to like never let our work get in the way of our friendship and not let our friendship get in the way of our work. Right. I think we have like a very interesting balance I know that our relationship is very
0: unique in comparison to other friendships that I have that are like families, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just such a mutual respect that we have as a base for each other that that's always prevalent in our actions and our movement. And it's so dope that at times where we may not be working on anything, but we're still connecting and building a stronger, you know, bond just on the personal side. Yeah. And so we've been able to flip-flop seamlessly. You know what I'm saying? Like when we're in mo- work mode, we're working. Yep. It's like everybody understands what needed to get done. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we needed to get, get done, done, done for that special. special. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, when we're relaxing and, you know, we're going for a hang. Because remember where you see, you be like, girl, let's go go hang. hang." Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then Sharufa would show up in a casual turban. (laughs) For the hang. I feel like you need to do a line of casual turbans. Oh, yeah. I love that. (laughs) Just because. Right. Like a brunch. Invite Sharufa to a brunch to see what happens. (laughs) Just see what happens. Like, because you never know. The look is going to be very themed. It's going to have, like, Shrofa has come with me to different events. And every time, I'm like, what, what film is this reminiscing It's of? what I
0: was feeling. It's what I was feeling. I definitely get dressed off of the energy that I feel for the day. And sometimes, you just have pieces that excite you. And you know this because you, listen, if y'all don't know how much this woman loves fashion... <laughs>
1: I'm talking about she loves. But honestly, I feel like I only recently loved fashion. I just always loved clothes. Like, oh, well, fa- yeah, that's like you know true. what I'm saying? That's like, true. I just loved clothes. That's true. But I only just recently began right. to really appreciate fashion. Right. I think, like, I once think you we, helped me to well, appreciate it. Well, right. Once we
0: started working together, like, you naturally just started curating your own closet. You, because yeah. I remember that when you were getting ready for the movie, you're like, this is all going, but yeah, I got to keep, keep these pieces. pieces. Yes. Because you knew. So yeah, that curation started
1: essentially your looks. My looks. Uh-huh. L-E-W-K-S. My lukes. <laughs> your looks. I mean, I think that um it's really important for people to also just learn about like Janaki and your line and how it formed. Yeah, no. But you're trained. Because a lot of people be feeling like, I have a clothing line now. But Oh yeah, no. This isn't a wake up
0: and create a line out of anywhere. This has been years of hard work and yeah, there's been training in there for sure. Um, I but mean, my story is very non-traditional because you know I didn't go to fashion school. I wasn't at Pratt or FIT, F-I-T. exactly. Came from H U, Howard University. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's it. <is>, okay. <laughs> Gotta put it out there. But, um, you know, I've always had a love for fashion and a passion for it, but I really didn't understand it until I wound up in Nice, France, living my life, and really breaking free from the corporate structure that that I was under from previous years. And once I started that, that's when
1: I started taking classes. What made you go to Nice?
0: Um... Just getting tired of wearing a mask. For real, for real. That's what it was. So what were you doing before? Oh, I was in the belly of the beast. New York City. Financial. Like, (laughs) you see me at a hedge fund. See me, you know, at an investment firm. Like, I was working that whole circuit. But it had nothing to do with... You know, what I went to Howard for or just even an interest. It was just more so about a means to an end Mm. Um, because I was returning back from another European leg. So I was like, okay, I got to get a gig. gig. And I just ended up in that, Um, you know, good stuff, bad stuff. But I wanted to be me. And I knew that the job that I was at, I wasn't being myself because, you know, you have to conform to the system. Keep your head down. Try not to ruffle too many feathers because I was in a predominantly um, white industry, white male specifically. So I had to endure a lot of stuff just being a black female in that industry. And I was like, okay, this isn't going to be the end of my story here. I saw how I could have worked the system and worked my way up and had been sitting on, you know, whatever I wanted financially. But in my heart, that wasn't me. So I was like, I got to go. And, um, I had previously lived in Europe and I knew I wanted to go back, but then I was like, I want to go somewhere beautiful. And I just chose Nice. Like it literally never been there before. Just wanted to try something new. Risk taker.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but I think All that's another that's- way where we connect mm-hmm. because we're both like, yeah, let's try this. Right. You know, Right. Let's go over right. Here. right. I mean, let's go over here. See what's over here. here. What's happening over here? What's going on over here, guys? Yeah,
0: so you know, being there and just being free and being able to allow myself to kind of purge and rebalance and just really get back to who I was, my essence of like who I was. I had this creative surge. And from that, I started like collecting textiles from different cities throughout Europe. And I was taking classes at the Saint jean
1: Institute,
0: and um, I started creating my own original pieces.
1: Had you always had an interest in fashion and creating, and just never pursued it?
0: I think I did because I used to hand sew pieces when I was at Howard, and I used did to. Did you have just my say
1: own. I think I did, and then said I used to hand sew pieces? <laughs> yeah, I think that's an indicator. Yeah, but you know, I wasn't. I don't think I took it too serious. But you you had, but it wasn't like you stumbled into a class one day. For instance, like I never thought about being a painter. And then I like spent the night at a friend's house who was a paint, like teaching a painting class. mm -hmm. And I randomly found myself in painting. Mm. So I didn't know if you just like one day, like walked by this place and was like, oh, fashion, that could be fun. But it seems like you already had. Right.
0: I I know I did. Like my mom used to sew. She used to sew our clothes when we were younger. I have a sister who's an artist. Um, My grandfather was a singer. My father, he's an artist, um, a writer. So I think like creativity. A trauma surgeon. It, okay. <laughs> it's in our
1: blood. Right. You know, it comes out. He was out. sewing too.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't sewing. Oh, but he was Yes, sewing. he was sewing. He was, he was sewing. sewing.
1: You may be putting together pieces, yes. but he was putting pieces back together. Your father was so doing true. running whip stitches on... <laughs> on intestines and I whatnot.
0: It. I love it. Yeah, that's so true. I didn't even realize that he was sewing. So, so essentially, yeah, it's been in me. Um, but I really didn't understand it at that time when I was in school because I definitely came from a household of You know, you go to school, you finish school, you better get a job, figure out what you're gonna do with your life. You know, and not seeing how fashion was going to be a viable career, yeah, Yeah, career. Like I was like,
1: okay, yeah, I know I got this flavor, but but now when you were overseas, now I know a lot of people who. Wouldn't want to take that risk, or wouldn't want to, you know, go that far because they would feel like they would miss their family, or they would feel like, you know, they won't have the support of family, and that they'll like falter. Did you feel like that when you were overseas, like, or did it, was it just like, no, nah, I'm good?
0: Yeah, I think I've been lucky because my family has always been supportive in the sense of exploration and going out, and really just like see what you see, go experience life. Um, My mother, I know I get the sense of adventure from my mom. She's definitely like a traveler. She loves to be on the go when she can. Um... And she always encouraged us to just go out and explore. And so going there, I didn't feel like I was losing uh, anyone. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I was enhancing everyone's lives, right? Because my experience was ultimately going to open doors for their experiences. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the first thing I was telling, come on over, when you gonna come visit? Like, wanting them to have the same... Um, Type of experience that I had I knew that that was something Very important for me And they were very supportive
1: I mean I think the reality is like You've also just been someone Who demonstrates That you're going to do something And then it gets done Which is something I think That we relate to each other on You mm-hmm. know like Shufa's like I'm going to find this fabric And then we're going to Get something made <laughs> One day we will tell you The story <laughs> Y'all, which we, story? It might be look, this day. <laughs> which story? <laughs> when we were putting together the outfit for oh, Ivy knowing, we really thought we had <laughs> that shit figured out. I was sitting in my room and I was looking up at a painting and I was like, "Ooh, what if we like take pieces from this painting and like put it together?" And she's like, "Well, I I just met a brother who makes print and we could make custom prints, yo. Mind we, you, this was happening on Facetime because you got to set the whole thing. Yes. We were on Facetime and, and we're just gassing each exactly. other. oh Ooh, what if you flip it? <laughs> oh shit, <yeah>. flip it! <laughs> And the people have to understand,
0: we get into these creative zones where we'll have sessions that last, like, forever when we're trying to figure something out. And it's like, okay, but what? And there's a lot of silence. There's a lot of pause. Like, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm marinating. Okay, what about this?
1: this? (laughs) So, y'all, we were super gassed. Oh, yeah. And then it was like, okay, off to the races. Later that day. Uh Uh-huh. Tess Finkel, Not even 24 hours later. Nope. Tess Finkel, who you know from side effects of social media, who is my publicist, came over to the house. And I was like, oh, my God. Me and Sharufa got it together. And I was like, so first of all, what we're going to do is, first we're going to have this. Like, see what that painting you're looking at? We're going to take that portion on the shoulder. We're going to put it here on the thigh. Then we're going to flip it. Tess is looking at me just like, uh-huh. <laughs> Uh I didn't see her
0: face, but I saw her face. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Now, I know Tess. (laughs) The way Tess works is like, she's not going to tell you no, Mm -hmm. which means she's not saying yes. So by the time I finished describing it, I realized that what I had described to her was a superhero costume. And that I was essentially going to go on stage performing (laughs) my special as one of the Incredibles. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We went on a more is more um yeah high at that moment. Yeah that's what we were on more. I was is about to be more. on stage <laughs> in like a like a spandex <laughs> pant with a matching peplum. She wasn't. She wasn't.
0: We were going to realize we Tess just pushed us there faster. Yes. We were
1: going to realize it. Yeah.
0: Cause that's happened multiple times where we try looks and it's like okay, that felt good. But then we come back and we're like, no, No, that wasn't it. it. (laughs) That wasn't it. So, yeah, we were going to get there, but thank you, Tess. Thank you. (laughs) Because we were under, you know, a time crunch. Yeah, so we needed that. Exactly. Exactly.
1: That That one one time. time. (laughs) So I'd like to take us into another segment. Yes. Called that one time. Oh, okay. again, you don't listen to the podcast. Stop it. So that I, one actually, time, <laughs> again, that one time we relate. <laughs> we tell a story from our own lives related mm-hmm. to the theme. Okay, of family. Mm-hmm. So I'll start, so I can give you some time to think about. Thank you, a story. <laughs> So me and Sharupa had a little family moment one time in my apartment because we were. In my room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one time. Okay.
1: <laughs> y'all. <laughs> so we were in my room doing a fitting. And my boyfriend at the time had recently informed me that he wanted to be a rapper. He was 31 and not able to rap. So that posed a problem. Okay. That posed an issue. He was also, like, I call it Muslim by intention because he would <laughs> just kind of, like, pick and choose when he intended to be Muslim and when he didn't. So, like, if he felt like drinking, then it was like, I don't intend to be Muslim now. But then if he felt like making me feel insecure about my bikini, he'd be like, hello Muslim. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, you know, this is... Um, inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Like I can get with it when it's consistent and I know what I'm signing up for, but it would just be like willy-nilly. It would be like, you know like when Dolores Umbridge just like started coming up with these like random, um, what she called them? She called them citations, like almost like citations, but they were like basically like addendums to the rules of Hogwarts. Okay. And like you uh, would well, never know when they were coming out of nowhere. <laughs> that's why I'm looking at Rebecca because that's my fellow hogwarts Okay. But she would never know. Like we could literally be sitting here talking and next thing you know she would come up and be like... Uh, New rule two black Black people can't can't sit on the couch and talk on on microphones. Well, actually, there's probably a current rule, and we'll get the call. (laughs) The cops will get called on us if the wrong person looks in this window. But he had also like bust out with all these like new rules where he's like, Yeah, like I, if I have a child, like he's absolutely going to be raised Muslim. But he had never, I mean, not that that's shocking per se, but like he had never been like so like ardent about that. And he was like, Well, I'm just a very, yeah, like I'm going to become very devout. I mean, that's just something that's going to happen. The older I get, I'm going to. Become more devout. By the way, I looked at his Instagram recently. It definitely hasn't kicked in yet. Um, But (laughs) I was telling Sharufa about all of this and how, like, it was making me uncomfortable because I didn't really believe the, like, truth about it. And I also felt just like it was coming out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And Sharufa's, like, doing the fittings. She's like, girl. That's, like, trademark Sharufa, by the way. Girl. (laughs) And then, like, gratuitous French in her outgoing message. And... (laughs) I need to my
0: voice
1: back on. And so we are having this very full conversation. It's a girl talk conversation. We're doing the fitting, everything. We wrap it up. We open the door, walk out into the living room. <laughs> Why is this Negro sitting in the rocking chair in the living room? You're painting a very nice picture
0: because we were definitely doing girl talk, but it was harsh girl talk. Where (laughs) was it? Ooh, girl, we were we both had that face, like
1: (sighs) (sighs) and I did the textbook TV of how long have you been here? Exactly. (laughs) And he was like, long enough. (laughs) This one, Sharufa is like. All right, girl. I'm going to head out. Let me in the flames, honey. In the flames. There was nothing I could do. You had to leave. Everybody had to go, ultimately. In the flames. He and there just, like, glaring at me. But you know what? To be honest, though, nothing we were saying was mean, it was just real. Mm-hmm. Like cuz we were definitely saying like, okay, you can't just up and decide you are a rapper. Like you've never been a rapper before. You have no way of making money off of this. Like you can't just now all of a sudden decide you are a rapper. You can't rap. That's you could call that mean or you call that facts. And you know my rule, it ain't shade if it's the truth.
0: Think it
1: girl. It ain't shade if it's the truth. It ain't shade if it's the truth. It ain't shade. It ain't shade. It ain't shade if it's the truth. It ain't shade. I mean, it's just what it is. Um and I was very much just like, you know what? I know that it may feel like it's um a doozy what we were saying, but it was coming from a place of me just trying to like figure things out. Y'all had to cop a plea. New Amanda would have been like
0: well, it's out of the table. You want to have a conversation
1: about it? Because, I mean, his issue is always like, I don't like you talking to your friends about me. I don't like having things to talk to my friends about about you. Mm-hmm. How about mm-hmm. that? Hello. Don't give me nothing to talk about. I ain't got to have shit to talk about. Right. How's this person? I, you know, if y'all ask, how is he? He's great. That's right. every woman's dream. We just want to be able to say he's great. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Positive reports. Positive reports. I don't ever want to have to have a girl. And, you know, I mean, she hit me later like, how did everything turn out? (laughs) And I just, you know, I, that was a family moment where all the elements. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're there. Yeah. And it was like, I remember you like reversing out of the, out of the house. <laughs> I at sure that. Did. It was not like she like, <laughs> put, she never gave her back to us. It was like, okay. <laughs> I'm to see y'all. <laughs> yeah, the tension
0: at that moment and knowing that he was right there. Yeah. That was very unique. I've never been in a situation like that till this day. Like
1: that really hurt my feelings. And I was like,
0: <laughs> I mean, you should have alerted us to your presence. I know. And- Because
1: it's honestly hella sneaky. You had the brilliant comeback like, well, you should have told us you were here. (laughs) I mean, we wouldn't be talking about you like this if we knew you were here because that's rude. Talking about you like this in private ain't rude. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm sorry. I don't think there's anything, you know. But yeah, it is mean for us to be having this discussion in front of you. You damn right. right. Which is why yo asked you to knock on the door and said, "I'm home, right. honey. I'm, I'm home." home. Right. You wasn't paying rent, no way. So that's why you didn't say, "I'm home," because it ain't your home. But that's a whole <laughs> other episode. Yes. What's your story? Yes. Tell me a family story. First of all, Sharufa, you come from a big ass family.
0: Yes. Oh, well, it's funny that you said tell me a family story because I was so thinking of a story in that house, but it was going to be a different energy tone. But um, yeah, come from a big family. I have, we're a total of six. So it's five girls and one boy in my family. Um, but I really want to, just because what you just said about. Uh, There were great memories that happened up there in Harlem. And um, I think one of the great ones, just because of what's happening right now, as far as where you're going in your career and what's happening as far as like your environment shifting, was the time where we were doing the look for the view.
1: No, but I want to hear about your family. Okay, so she doesn't want to hear about this. Right. <laughs> I thought that was a great story.
0: Like, it was a terrible say,
1: story.
0: It was terrible, it was but it's it's nothing now.
1: You know what I'm saying? I know, but the but, but but the reason why I felt like family would be a good topic for us to discuss is because our family's dynamics are so different. Right. Like I come from a family of being a single child to a single parent, right. which is like a very specific dynamic and you are one of 37. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Okay, okay, okay. Because um, where do you see. fall on the
0: line? You're the I'm young- the baby. I'm the baby of the girls. So right. I have a little brother. He's yes. the only boy um, that's underneath me. So and five older sisters. Right. So
1: seven. Children. No six. six. So it's
0: five girls, five one girls, boy. and one boy. Right.
1: So six children mm-hmm. came out of your mother and yeah. into the world. <laughs> yes, that is correct. But, but a Shout out to Alicia Walker Yes <laughs> She did that All natural And All natural? Yeah Some I feel like some women are made to make babies though
0: Oh yeah She's definitely one
1: Yeah For I sure. don't think um, She had
0: the strength to just I mean my mother was the mother that She knew her body so well that She would show up to the hospital just to push Yeah And there was a time with one of my sisters where they were screaming at her in the emergency room, do not push, because they saw the baby's head. And it was right there. (laughs) They just wanted her to stop. Yeah. She was a pro. Professional.
1: They wanted her to stop?
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Because, you know, sometimes women tear. When they're pushing, and so you know, crowning of the head, yeah, wanting it yeah, to yeah. ease out, all of that good stuff, and then plus she was in a wheelchair; she hadn't made it to a bed yet.
1: You left that out. <laughs> you buried the lead. That's a big, critical part of the story.
0: Yes, she was I'm in thinking a she's in a
1: stirrup situation. No,
0: they just got to the hospital. Right, she was coming through the emergency room, and
1: there was a baby in her lap, in between her legs, coming through.
0: That was more the visual. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable,
1: dog. You're, you're not. You're not. It's not. My mother, her water broke. She mopped it up.
0: Hello, you cannot be uncomfortable.
1: And then went She to the, mopped it up. She mopped it up and then went to the emergency room. She's a G. That's what we're dealing with.
0: Right. Like these are strong women for sure. And you know, we are the product of um yeah, them taking on a lot during their time and persevering and moving forward.
1: I so tell me about your family Gosh, I know. Darn so it. I'm up
0: here. Okay. So I need to I need to give a story. Um I have a great story, but ooh, nobody better say anything. Got it? Like, I need to say that I do not say anything. This is this is a story that I told. Remember the guy who used to do Humans of New York? Yes. So he caught me in the village
1: one day, right? Okay. She was probably in a turban.
0: I was in a turban. Remember That's that? That's what made him stop I you. had a cheetah print, and then I had on some funky shades. And he was, he like, was like, yo, like, can I talk to you for a minute? I was like, okay. And then he told me what he was doing. I said, all right. And... He asked me a question. I don't know what he led with, but somehow or another, like I ended up telling him one story. He was like, "I mean, that's all right, but let me get another one out of you, right?" Because he, he, I, I guess he wanted something a little bit more um, provocative. Yeah, just you know, personal. Grabbing. Yeah, yeah. And so I told him this story about my father, um, who's amazing, but he is very, he's very much so an introvert, but he's an extrovert. Um, so he has both sides to him. And for his birthday, my mother wanted to throw a surprise birthday party for him. Okay and you know super excited and getting everybody together in the family for it and we're all working really really hard for this surprise and um some way or another my father ends up getting wind on it on this surprise, on the surprise. and he I don't know how he picks it up I really don't but he came to me and he was just like I know, I know what, y'all what y'all doing Right. Hit me with it. And I'm like, what you talking about? <laughs> Acting. Oh, We're not doing anything. Right. I know what y'all doing. He was like, I, I don't, don't want it. it. I, I don't, don't want it. it. Because he's very private. You know, the, his job is very demanding. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when he comes home, he just likes peace of mind, quiet, relaxing, just to like decompress. So, yeah, I get it. I understood it. But he was just like, Mm-mm, don't put me on a spot like that. Because he has that reclusive nature in his spirit as well. So now I'm left with the burden of knowing that he don't want it. That he don't want it.
1: So did he tell your other brothers and sisters or no, just you? No,
0: I just said I was
1: left with the burden. He oh. told no one. And it was on me. Why do you think he was why do you think he felt like you were the kid to tell?
0: Um I think cuz he just the, the nature of our relationship like we're super close um and He knew that in order to, I could be the one to be able to convey the message to everybody, whatever the message was, right? But what I decided was I knew the downfall of this falling apart. And so, you know, I just kept it to myself Mm -hmm. and I convinced him literally to make this thing happen. So, it's the day of the party (laughs) So he eventually was okay with it? Oh, girl, let me tell you what happened. It's the day of the party and we're getting everything. You know, we rented event space, family flew in town. Like, it's a whole thing. And um, everyone's waiting for my father because remember, this is a surprise. I get a call. My father tells me, I don't know if I can come in. He's in the parking lot and he's like I don't know if I can come in. Like I I had been coaching him this entire time like okay, I'm going to walk you through it. We could do it. We could do it. We could do it. Like supporting him, but uh-huh. it got to the point where he just really you know, and I don't necessarily know even to this day like what he was feeling in his own spirit, but it was a challenge for him. And girl, it was one of those scenes from the movies like you know, rain coming down outside. He's sitting in the car, like everybody's waiting for the surprise. And he's like, I don't know if I can do it. And I'm just like looking at all these people like, you gotta come in. <laughs> They're all They're here. They're here. They're here. So finally, girl, finally, by the grace of God, and the creator like said, I got you, girl. Like, I'm gonna get him. And he came in, you know, everybody did the surprise, but no one. No one in my family knows this story. So please do not tell them. <laughs> I'm sure the. So I know I got a Thousands few, of I listeners. I have friends that listen. So I know. So to this day. Girl, nobody know. That's why when the guy stopped me on the street when he was in New York, I was like, and he pulled it out of me because it was fresh.
1: Okay, okay. It was fresh. Okay. It
0: had just happened, and he pulled it out, and he was like, "Ooh, this is good." And then he posted it because you remember he used to post yeah, it, right? Of course. And so people started commenting under the post, like, "How dare she? This is a problem with people who don't listen to what people demand or want in life, and they sit up here and do it anyway." And you didn't respect your father's feelings, and I hate it when people do these things. And girl, they were going in on me about you know the story, and I was just like, "Whoa."
1: You know, like, I just, (laughs) but that's part of the family dynamic is like, okay, I respect my father's feelings, but also everybody over here has put in work for this. Oh, it would have been devastating. Like, my mother would have
0: been devastated. Everyone, it would have crushed. It would have been that thing that kind of looms over family. But why didn't she
1: know that he wouldn't like this? Or did she just not care?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think she was just in the
1: zone of just like, I want to do something nice for my man. You know what I'm saying? Like something
0: different, switch it up. Like I want to try something. You know, I don't think it was a matter of like, I'm a bet that he'll like this for sure. I think she was just like, we're going to try. I don't think she really knew because she never had it before. So he, you know, it was the first.
1: That's a doozy. Girl. You kept that on your chest this whole time. (laughs) Yes! That's impressive. My mom kept a family story on her chest, like, until Christmas this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, until Christmas this year. She didn't tell me that my aunt on my father's side uh, basically, like, he, like had hit her about getting tickets to one of my Smart Funny in Black shows, and my mom, like, sent her the link, and then I guess like they, I guess it was sold out or something. And then when she went to another link, it was like scalper tickets. Mm-hmm. So she was like, "Oh, the tickets are one hundred and fifty dollars. I'll just stay home and watch Netflix." Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, "Well, that was like a really rude way to respond." And then she came back and was like, "Well, you know, Amanda has never really kept me abreast of her shows, and hasn't really like kept me in the loop about anything. This is, this woman has never shown interest in my life." Okay like I, you know I didn't just arrive here at 37 I've been here for a whole 37 Mm -hmm. years and was her niece the whole time look Mm -hmm. at that and she's never like come to an event she never asked she came to my graduation my college graduation but I mean I could pass her in the street and wouldn't know who she is Right. and she was like so my mom was like okay well I'm gonna send you so my mom sent her like my buttons from Smart Funny and Black you know she sent them back wow She sent them damn buttons back. Wow. She sent them buttons back to my mama talking about, I don't collect buttons. (laughs) If Amanda wanted to have a relationship with me, she should have started years ago. I said, you know what? And this is the thing about family, though. There's this... There's this idea that says that just because we are blood related, that there's always an entryway in. And, you know, I I see this. I talked about this on my Instagram and was incredibly shocked by the response of how many people were like, thank you. Mm -hmm. Because so many of us have these relatives that really paid us no mind as kids. And then we grow up. And then all of us and we don't have a connection to them. And then they all of a sudden, as now that you're an adult, they're trying to hold you accountable. And like, I remember my father, I mean, he legit told me I owe him an apology for not forming a relationship with him when I was younger. And I was like, first of all, you were an asshole. Second of all, you are an asshole. Mm-hmm. So there's just nothing, there's no redeeming quality here. But I think that we oftentimes just really, really take the family thing for granted in that it's like blood related. And I've been thinking about lately just like, what does it really mean? Like, because bloodlines and all that stuff is so like archaic, you know, especially with adoption and all the different okay. changes that have come into play with with IVF and mm-hmm. surrogates and mm-hmm. like, you can get a surrogate, it's not even your egg, it's someone else's right. egg, you know what I mean? And so it's like family and bloodlines and namesakes and all that stuff has definitely become a lot more... Loose, right? You know, in terms of how it really applies, and so I just wonder, like, how much longer that's going to really carry. You know, this whole idea of like, well, we're family; we all have this name. What does this name really mean? Right. I mean, well, and I- to be honest, in in America, so many Black people's name is well, it's not their name; it was their slave owner's name. Of course. So and then, but then when you claim family, I have a homegirl. She's not really my homegirl, but I know somebody who found out that she that her mom was the product of uh, of an affair between a black woman and a Jewish man she found this out on ancestry.com um. and then when she like was able to contact the man like the the son of the Jewish man the son was like you're not my family you're not a family. And in Grenada, we have Mind the Gap, which is like a Facebook prof- like a Facebook page for like our village in Grenada. And like you have like a line of people who come from like the white people in that in that village. And then the black people, you know there was intermingling there. And you know, like hit like my great grandmother was the maid of this one white man. And then my grandmother was formed from them, which mm. if you're a maid in this man's house, the odds are this was not consensual. Right. But he has a whole line of kids Mm -hmm. that are in Mind the Gap talking about their great grandfather, so-and-so, you know, how great he was. And my mom came in there. I was like, skirt, skirt. Not really. And they're like, "Ah, ah," you know, and it's like, so family and bloodlines and all that stuff. I think that some people consider it so finite. Blood Blood is thicker thicker than than water, water. you know, but.
0: No, it definitely, I agree. I mean, in the sense of it definitely doesn't define the relationship. For sure. Because I've been disappointed by family um, multiple times. And I think as you grow and just kind of evolve as a adult, you start to realize like the weight and the heavy expectation that you put on family just because you guys share that name, they can disappoint you and they can hurt you a lot more mm. than, you know, the stranger on the street. Yeah. And it'll take you. It'll, it'll take you through a lot of stuff, you know, emotionally, and it, it'll take you through processes where your bounce back isn't that quick because you start to question yes. that bloodline and you start to question the loyalty. And you're that, like,
1: "How are we come from the same place?" Mm-hmm, like,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think the the good thing about it is that you know, with every relationship, regardless of if it is family or they're not family, it's the connection that's. That's the root, right? It's the connection that we have with the individual and the ultimate desire that each party has in wanting to foster the, the relationship. Yes. Yeah. So knowing that, like, I want to stay connected. I want to, you, you know, we're solid. I want to keep going. Yeah, there are bumps in the road. Yeah, you know, we may hit a... a, a an area or unknown terrain that both of us has to figure out how to navigate it. But we want to persevere and continue on. And I think that that's a message that, yeah, it's important to have that.
1: But I think the important thing to note is that you need to have that with your family the same way you have it with your friends. And even more importantly, the same way you have it with your romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when people are our family members, we let ourselves off the hook. Oh, yeah. On the work that it takes mm-hmm. to grow and foster mm-hmm. and preserve relationships.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. We take that for granted. Yeah. Easily. And then you wind up where because you've absorbed so much and you've never really spoken up or you didn't even know you should have spoken up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that you get to a point where internally you've been bubbling over. And then that's when the outbursts happen, and people are like, well, what happened to
1: her? You know what I mean? Yeah. And You at the family reunion. <laughs> Everything is all good in the three-leg race. Right. And then you're like, you know, we lost. And then you turn to Daphne and you like, you know what? You know what? You know why we lost? Because you are so self-righteous. <laughs> and all you do is talk about how everybody else is false and, and, and whack and not a Christian. But the reality is, is that we didn't win this race because you can't stand on your own two legs. So how was I supposed to feel safe sharing one leg with you? <laughs> exactly.
0: That's where, that's exactly where you get. And then people just like, oh, <laughs> somebody needs a quiet time <laughs> <laughs> over
1: there. <laughs> well, Sharoofs, <laughs> I appreciate you hanging out with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me in sunny LA. Sunny Los Angeles. (laughs) Um, You are going to be treated in the future to Sharoufa and I blessing you with a line of custom athleisure wear. Yes, So look out for that because that is coming your way before the end of 2019. That's right. Where can they find you online? Not that you'd be posting, but you know, when you do. I do post. You set it up? Yes. And no, because no. social is not for everybody Yes
0: and no Um, Yeah, and we've talked about this I no, know it's, a that, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's a whole it thing Yeah, really it's a whole thing And, you know, you've gotten on me as far as like the commitment to it And I'm recommitting myself to it but... You gotta
1: make a schedule That's the yeah. best way to do it yeah. Make a social schedule of like, I'm gonna post on these days, at this time mm-hmm. And then if you wanna get even more ill with it, be like, I'm gonna post this kind of post mm-hmm. You know, on this day, at this time and then you just the consistency is what grows it. If you're doing social media for a business, exactly. It's the consistency. Exactly. And the connectivity to other like-minded businesses. Right. Right. You know, so Yeah.
0: There will on the social, you'll be able to find me at Official Janaki. That's J-I-N-A-K-I. That's right. Official Janaki and website
1: J-I-N-A-K-I.net. Did I spell it that way? Should I I did right. I don't know. I'm hungry, so I thought I spelled it wrong.
0: No, you did right. J I N A K I. Janaki. Yeah, Janaki.net. You can find us on if if you Google Janaki, I'm the first person you pops up. You better have your what's it called? S E O. Yeah, you better have your SEO optimization. Yes. Yeah,
1: SEO popping.
0: Yeah, but um, you'll definitely be seeing more of Janaki and. True for Rashid Walker, because that's that name that comes across that screen. Okay, first, middle, and last. <laughs> Hit him with the three. Hit well, no, do you notice know the last? Rasheed Walker is my last name. I've known you for how many years? But in every time you hear this, you say this. It was so <laughs> funny. Is that I always have to tell her Rasheed Walker because Walker was our slave name. My
1: parents put Rashid hyphen. I've never heard this story. Yeah, hey, I promise you. <laughs> my mom has only met you twice, and I've never heard <laughs> I know. this story. Exactly. And on that note, the last dose. There you have it. I want to thank Sharufa for coming and hanging out with us and talking about her own family, which is so different from mine. You know, I'm an only child, but then I have like brothers and sisters who grew up with my father. And so we're doing our best to like build our family. We have a group chat. Uh, but I won't lie to you. Like it's a it's it's a journey. It's a journey because you're you're having to build bonds in a new way that weren't organically built at the time that they typically would have been in your youth. But it's it's worth the effort, at least because I think for for the most part, all of us agree that we're good people. Sometimes you meet family members that uh, are relatives, and you're like, oh, I actually don't want to know you because you're, you're trash. trash. So. That's fair too. And I I feel like you reserve the right to that. You know, especially if you have like a father, I know a lot of us have fathers who have like hella kids and you just feel like now I got all these people that are my family and now, you know, you feel like they all may have like access to you. I ain't with that shit. I ain't with it. But shouts to everybody out here who's also looking for their chosen family because maybe their family is shit and they want to find somebody and some place and some tribe to feel comfortable and, it can be hard. It's a it's a process. You know, you you stumble upon folks that may seem real but are not. You stumble upon situations that may seem promising but are not, and it can be very disheartening. But what I will say is I know for me, what has helped me find my my chosen family has been finding myself. And the more energy I put into getting through my own traumas and learning my own gifts and, you know, flaws and and uh, greatness, etc. It's attracted people to me that I feel like are doing the same for themselves. It's attracted people to me that have similar s- situations and similar interests, and it's grown, you know, my safe space. And I think we also have to understand, like, not everybody's going to be your best friend, but they can still be a essential part of like your family because you guys have a kindred exchange about something specific. I have a friend who is a new friend for all intents and purposes, I've known, I knew him in our youth, but as adults, we have reconnected. And, you know, I think that we connect in a way that we didn't even expect to. I mean, we are like geek kindred spirits in a way that I think we both needed. And I can text him at any time of night about the expanse, you know, and he will meet me at my excitement. And that's something that I appreciate. Now, we may not end up being like, travel buddies you know we may not end up having thanksgiving together but that's a part of my but he's someone who has become a part of my chosen fam because we get something from each other that we're missing from other people so i think when i when we talk about family and we talk about the concept of family a lot of us are just trying to make it here on this earth and survive and that's why we find our families in spaces like in church or on sports teams or in uh aol chat rooms And taking it back, dial up. And if you're someone like me, you aspire to build a company where you all can have a familial exchange. And so far, I have had a lot of ups and downs with that. But I'm at a point where for the first time in my professional career, I feel like I have people who really understand like my work, but understand me as a person. And we have a familial, communal respect for each other in building DivaWorks Inc. So Godspeed, everybody. Good luck out there. Eyes up, stay open, and in the words of Paolo Coelho, writer, author of The Alchemist,
0: Trust everyone, but never sell your sword.